0: Log Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations. You're about to arrive to the right place. 5, 4, three, two, one. Welcome to the Adam and Aaron's 4 Are you ready for it? Now, here is Adam and Aaron. Alan, and Aaron. Welcome, everybody, to the Alan and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Really glad to have you listening. in. Thank you so much for that. Really appreciate you guys. And we're going to have a great, great show tonight. It is Friday evening, 930 p.m., and today is August 6th. And today we're going to have a a beautiful show, as promised. Unfortunately, uh, my co-host Aaron had some obligation that came up today. And he won't be joining us today, but it's still, the show goes on. We're going to have a great show. Feel free to join in. Call in number is 516-418-5572. Again, that phone number is 516-418-5572. And guys, I appreciate you. We're going to talk about the Olympics and kind of recap that. Definitely want to shout out all Olympic gold winners and bronze and silver. You know, a lot of has been made about Simone and her contribution. You know, she had a hero's welcome today in Texas. She's in Texas, and it was really nice that she got a – wow people took their time to go out there and stay on the street when she came back on a plane and give her a prop so congratulations for that <laughs> you know and, and and that's what i was kind of saying when the news came out to aaron and i'll show that uh simone has what they call sweat equity for those who don't know what sweat equity is is when you build up good work ethic, you have success, you build it up over a period of time, you get what I consider sweat equity, where people are gonna give you the benefit of doubt. She uh, didn't start off the this year Olympics that great. She said her mind wasn't in tune with the competition, so she decided to go ahead and withdraw. You know, she didn't quit. She just felt as if she was not gonna be the best option with her mental state, and I got to give her credit that at least she admitted it that it was the moment was coming too big. I would love to have Simone on our show to talk a couple of things about about her performance. Just really, if things would have been a little different if she started off well versus having the poor start, and that will be one question I have. The other question is, why was this particular Olympics? a lot more stressful than prior ones, where you actually succeeded and done well and got your gold medal. Why was this one going over Tokyo so, so, you know, stressful in our mind? But those are questions that we can ask her in the future. You know, overall, you know, USA did very well. They had, uh, did very well. They got a lot of gold medals and got some bronze. So did uh, Simone, she ended up with a bronze medal on the, the last day of competition. So, congratulations to the USA team, and definitely the Olympics did a great job. One of the things that um, was brought to my attention was that Dijak Nojavec, he uh, slammed his, his club pretty hard down on the ground when he didn't get, when he didn't perform too well. Kind of was embarrassing USA in that regard. And I don't think that's a USA thing. I just think that's a sports thing. To me, it's poor etiquette. I get, I get the frustration. I play golf, and believe me, new, it gets frustrating when you hit a poor shot. That's just you're not a you're not a machine. You're a human being. It does happen. It's part of the game. <clears throat> you're gonna, you know, and, and same thing in tennis. You're gonna hit some balls that should be an easy returns. So you don't. And in golf, there should be some easy shots. You hit them too far to the right, too far to the left. You may fat it, you may blade it. So it does happen. It's just uh, I just think it's poor etiquette on any sport when you slam down your racket, kick it. Hey, it's it's operator error, and I know it's frustration, but you got to learn how to manage your frustration a lot better. You know, I, I like John McEnroe, who's great. Great tennis player, but one of the things that really used to frustrate me about him was those verbal outlashes that he used to have when he did poorly. Just the ridiculous uh, slamming the clubs down and just all those theatrics to me, those gyrations, I was never a fan of. I just think it sets a poor example for kids, adults, and people who love the sport because. Uh, <laughs> Believe it or not, people respond to that type of behavior. And you might be like, well, no, they don't. Well, yes, they do. Let me give you a small example. (laughs) I played golf early this week. And I usually get pretty lucky in most cases coming at a certain time where I usually get the golf course at a time where nobody's usually in front of me. Well, Today, that particular day, it didn't work according to plan. There was two guys that played in front of me, and it really—it wasn't a force of just two guys. Had they been playing the game and moving along, this is golf that is, I really wouldn't have had to wait too long to take my shots. But lo and behold, these two guys are watching too much ESPN. Okay. <laughs> They kept fatting and thinning shots all over the place. Like the first Prince of Bel Air hit a shot, went like 20 yards, then he hit another shot, and it went another 20 yards. And I get it. You know understand? I get it. Not everybody's a pro. Not everybody's talking with it in, in his prime. But just sitting there watching them, I normally would have been frustrated with that, but they were comic relief. And how they were comic relief was <laughs> after chunking. So many shots, about six to eight in a row. My man finally got a hold of one and hit one about 100 yards down the fairway. When he hit the shot about 100 yards down the fairway, he put his hand over his eyes, like, as if, you know how you would look at a distance? That's what he did. And I'm like, okay, guy, you just hit a 100-yard shot. You get the guy some binoculars. Like, he put his hand over his brow. Like, you see guys, pros that do that when he hit a shot that's like 200 yards and they're stunning their eyes and they're doing that to kind of track the ball. This guy was doing it as if he hit the ball, like 200 yards down the fairway or something, 250 on the ground. I was like, come on. And then, and then he's taking a shot. He pulls up his rolls up his sleeve. And then what killed me was that after he hit like maybe eight, nine shots to get a par four, he gets down on his knees as if he's Tiger Woods trying to line a putt. I'm like, come on, man. He just missed like two or three putts in a row, and now you're going to act like you Tiger Woods? Like you've been watching too much ESPN, man. So that's what I mean. People pay attention these days. They watch it over and over and over again, and they start behaving as if the way that you act as a professional is the way, indeed, we should all act on a tennis court, a basketball court, baseball, golf, whatever, boxing. And to me, that is not the case. You, as a professional, you have to act like a professional. You're not allowed to slam and, and bang your desk down, at an office job. Don't do it to the clubs. So that's why I come out on the the display of Outward emotion during the Olympics. I do agree with the criticism that should be in place. And the Olympics overall, USA did very, very well. And I got to give one more round of applause for that. (laughs) Then we're going to jump into a little bit of the NFL. And this was long overdue, this piece. But guess what? Jimmy Johnson is going into, check this out, the Cowboys' Ring of Honor. Jerry Jones actually showed a little bit of humility and did the right thing after so many decades of doing the wrong thing. He finally came to the census and did the right thing. And he agreed that Jimmy Johnson, while he, and Jimmy Johnson joked about this, I'm actually going to be int- introduced while I'm still alive? And the answer is yes. Jimmy Johnson is going to the Cowboys ring of honor long overdue. And there was a lot of questions this week about, hey, did he do this thing because he wanted to do the right thing? Did he get pressure? I think this is my opinion based on the research I've done. I believe he got he he had gotten some like internal pressure when Jimmy Johnson made the Hall of Fame. That's my honest opinion. When Jimmy Johnson was introduced into the NFL Hall of Fame, at that point it makes the Cowboys and Jerry Jones look even worse that somebody else is recognizing Jimmy Johnson for his contribution. The NFL is recognizing it for his contribution for the Dallas Cowboys' success, and you as the owner, is not. So I do believe that played a big factor, the fact that Jimmy Johnson did make it to the Hall of Fame. And not only did he make it to the Hall of Fame, but he got so much positive feedback from a lot of the football players. Troy Aikman, I think, played a big factor in that, too. His, his outward emotional support for Jimmy Johnson. Emmitt Smith, a lot of the guys on that team gave Jimmy Johnson his props for being a big contributor to their dynasty and their success. And him, Jimmy Johnson, making the Hall of Fame, in lieu of being acknowledged in the Cowboys were going to honor, I think put a lot of pressure and on, Jimmy, on uh, Jerry Jones. Let us it, let it be known that if Jimmy Johnson doesn't make it to the NFL Hall of Fame, I don't believe Jerry Jones makes a step and gives him the Ring of Honor. I just honestly don't believe that happens. But the fact that he did make it, it put a lot of pressure on him, especially from a look point of view. It just doesn't look good you holding on a grudge with somebody for all this time and other people recognizing him and you as an organization or not, but yet he's still getting his recognition. I think that had a lot to play with it. Ego had a huge part to play in this. And I got to give Jimmy Johnson credit because at least he's going to go ahead and make it to so the Cowboys' of honor, something he's well deserved. I mean, you got to admit, admit it one thing. There are coaches, which I'm not going to mention their names. I'm not going to mention names on the show, but they are coaches who have not have the resume that Jimmy Johnson has, and yet they've been introduced into their ring of honor of their prospective teams when they played. So, I'm glad Jerry Jones finally came to his senses and did the right thing. He let bygones be bygones. He should have let him in a long time ago, but at least better late than never. That's that's a motto that I agree with in life. Better late than never. Having said that, I definitely do think, you know, even though it may not have been all in his free will, I'm talking about uh, Jerry Jones, he did do the right thing. And I believe when you do things like this, good karma comes your way. So I expect the Cowboys to have uh, actually probably a better season this year or the next few years. And who knows, they might get that playoff win that's been eluding them. But I believe good karma does come around and they're going to get their due. I think the Cowboys are going to be into it. now that Dak is back. I definitely do think that the team is probably going to be projected to do a lot better and big things are soon to come for the Dallas Cowboys. So I'm going to give them a rear round of applause. I know they get hated a lot, but congratulations to Jimmy Johnston, the Cowboys, and the organization. Uh-huh. s and And now we're going to move on to the NBA NBA. We're going to talk some NBA, some basketball. You know, we got to start with the biggest moves that have happened this week, and wow. I thought it was a big splash when they got Russell Westbrook, but now they, they haven't stopped there, and they They've added Carmelo Anthony, and you know what? LeBron said it. He doesn't care what people think. He you knows that people are going to hate on him because he, he got Westbrook, which is a huge improvement. And then you added Carmelo Anthony. I know he's a little bit older, but he's still Carmelo Anthony. And when you have a team that has that many studs, LeBron, Westbrook, A.D., Carmelo, that's the great thing about having a super team that a lot of people overlook is that not only do you have great players around you, you don't have to be the workhorse. You don't have to work so hard in order for you to get your game on. Meaning, if you're part of a super team, you can be super and shorter minutes and less load on your body because you don't have to be the man all the time, every possession. You can let Westbrook run the the game for, you know, 10, 12 minutes. Let him run it through. You can let LeBron let him get his shine. You let AD get his shine. Carmelo can do his thing. You don't have to work as hard. But I I like the moves. You know, LeBron did, let's, let's not miss the facts, their team got bounced in the first round of the playoffs to the Phoenix Suns. I mean, they 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 got bounced. So they want to make sure that they, they go far in the playoffs. And not only that, you know, we talked about this last show that LeBron is an aging, you know, he's an aging player. He is still LeBron. He's still a man. He's one of the NBA's Mount Rushmore, but he is getting older. For him to have more help is a betterment to him. The more rest you give LeBron, use him only when needed, the better off he's gonna be and the better off the team's gonna be. So I do believe LeBron needs to get at least one more ring to be in the discussion of Michael Jordan, the GOAT discussion. I think if he doesn't get another ring now, I don't think people I think people could dismiss the conversation pretty easy now. It's not that uh LeBron isn't the man, but I just think that he really needs to get at least one more ring. You can't compete with four rings when the other guy has six, and not only that, he's got six straight, I mean, six without any losses. He would have to, in my opinion, to close the gap, as I mentioned before, show, at least get one more. One more ring, he has five, yes, Jordan has six, but the resume the body of resume that LeBron would have is very, very strong. You know, to go to the finals many times he has, to go to the finals with the type of teams he had, yes, sometimes he had some great teams, but he has, when he started earlier, did have such a great team. So, LeBron has the right temperament in that he doesn't care what people think. He made that very clear. And, I, and a lot of people say that, but they don't really mean it. I think LeBron really does mean it when he says it. So I, I like the Lakers to do big things, and uh, I hope LeBron gets them at the least a ring, maybe two, but at least one more. He has to pull up at least one more. I think two more at this point in his career would be a bit of a stretch. I think it's impossible, but I just think that's a lot to request, even getting one more. is huge, mega accomplishment. But I think he needs to get one more to really, really – Put himself in that discussion where I think it's going to be very debatable. I think with without that fourth ring, without that fifth ring, Baker, pardon, it's going to be hard to say. Especially being you only can show what he's done so far. He lost in the first round of the playoffs the last time, and I know it's not going to sit well for him. So you got to get one more ring, at least one more ring, LeBron. But kudos to LeBron, and then also Kevin Durant is going to. Extend with the Nets, a four-year deal that's, that's been reported. So that's breaking news. Yeah, it's been reported that Kevin Durant is going to extend with the Nets another four years. So he's not going to, you know, join another super team or create another super team. He's going to stay put. All indications say that he's going to sign the extension. And Steph Curry signed a a max deal extension. But, you know, big things in the NBA. And one other thing, too, um, there was a talk this week in the NBA about Michael Jordan versus Steph Curry in the offensive department. You know, one thing about Jordan is that he loved to drive to the basket. And he definitely created a lot of offense because he wasn't afraid to drive to the basket. He does drive really well. But I would agree with a lot of what people said as far as Steph Curry being an offensive force. I mean, the guy can just shoot from 45 feet from the, the hoop and just score it. And when you reach halftime, he could just shoot a shot and score So he becomes to a point where with his offense being that glaring and that unstoppable, that he becomes an offensive reckoning force. So, yeah, I've never seen a shooter like Steph Curry, and that is something that this league hasn't seen. We've had some great, great shooters, but Steph Curry, he's got that that three-point shot down. I mean, I thought he was just going to be a fad when it first came out. People were going to figure him out. They were going to block the shot. They were going to prevent them from taking that long three. But he's been in the league so long, and they haven't stopped it yet. So you give him a little bit of separation, he gets that shot off, and then he nails it. So he doesn't need much of a window of opportunity. he Just catch it and shoot it, and then boom, that's on a three-point line. It's just remarkable. It really is. So I would agree with that. I would agree that Steph Curry is on the offensive side of the ball even greater than Michael Jordan, I would say because he doesn't have to drive to the basket to create his offense. And three points are better in two. So I would agree that Steph Curry is the the goat when it comes to offensive output. Defensively, there's no comparison. Michael Jordan was a lockdown defender. Steph Curry is not. Not even in the same category. So offensively, though, I, I would give the edge to Steph. I, I would do that because of the... The three point, the shooting ability, it's just remarkable. And why drive to the basket if you shoot from half court? I mean, you know, that's 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 where I come out on that. So kudos to Steph and his his brain. And I, I definitely hope, and I know that Michael Jordan's gonna be eating those words that he said that Steph Curry, some years ago, is not a Hall of Famer when his career is over. He's gonna He's going to not only be a Hall of Famer, he's going to be one of the greats in this league as ever seen. He being Steph Curry. So, Steph Curry, keep doing your thing. And also, what I wanted to discuss, too, here is that uh, we've got some things going on in the in the boxing world. I want to go over that. I haven't changed my mind as of yet. I still have Pacquiao beating Errol Spence. I know that there's been a lot of talk now that the fight is getting closer, but I have Pacquiao winning this fight. I, I, at first, I did pick, for those who don't know, I did pick Spence when the first the fight was first announced, but now, after further review, I, I'm sticking with Pacquiao to win this fight. And why I said that is because there was some, some glaring things that did show up to me. Number one, uh, Pacquiao does look very, very sharp in his training, he does understand that he needs to be conditioned well and it seems like he's putting in the work to do that. And on top of it, I, I did see Errol, I saw a side of Errol that i never saw before, meaning he did look quite nervous to me during that press conference. And if you're going to be very nervous in a presser, a press conference, you a know, month and a half, it was the first press conference to kick off the fight, so you're talking about a month and a half almost two months away from the fight, and for you to be that nervous, that's not going to bode well for me during fight night. Because uh, usually guys who do well in the press conference are calm and relaxed, they usually do well in the fight as well. It's usually a a, a parallel. And to be that nervous and shook up, it it, it just didn't look, it wasn't a good look. And I just think that this is going to be Where the old vet is going to show the younger player why the old vet stuck around in the league so long and boxes so long and why he's so great. I think the speed is going to give trouble, Errol. I think the foot-feet work is going to give him trouble. I see Pacquiao doing very, very well in the beginning of the fight. And. Errol is probably not going to handle it as well as, as as one of our former guests, Keith Thurman. I think I think the pressure is going to mount to him, and then he's going to get a little sloppy. I could even see uh, Pacquiao dropping him. I, I really can. So I have, I have Pacquiao winning the fight, and I, I think uh, that's going to be a, a big, big, huge mega fight star for, for Manny because Manny winning this fight is really, really adding to his resume. And in fact, you could even make the argument that he would have to be on the Mount Rushmore. He wins this fight. I don't see how he's not. I, I really don't. I really don't see how he's not in that discussion of, of the GOATs. Because guys that are 40, 43 now, fighting a guy like Errol Spence, fighting a guy like Keith Thurman and and winning, that's, that's unbelievable. And... I agree with Manny. He's not he's not fighting exhibition fights, which he could. He could be fighting exhibition fights and get paid millions of dollars, but he's not. He's actually fighting guys that are, you know what, that really can hurt him. You know, Errol Spence is no joke on fighters. You have a guy who has got belts. He's undefeated. He's uh, bigger and stronger than, than I would say Keith. And, and Keith, is no pushover either. So, I do believe that uh, Packers Packers going to win this fight. I, I kind of have to say that the people who are who picking Errol, I have to disagree. I think this is going to be a, where uh, <laughs> where the experience is going to play off, and veteran experience. You know what? It, it you just can't ignore that, and I, I just think that young young gunners they. They have the spirit, they have the enthusiasm, they have the bravado, but they don't have the mental and the fortitude of a vet who's been there, done that. That's something that you have to learn with experience. And I think everyone's going to get schooled and learn. And uh, I'll keep you up to date on that fight and keep you posted on those fight news. Also, I, I did want to go ahead and (laughs) took a little bit of baseball. You know, this week, we had the, to to prove my point, where the veteran beats the young gunner. This is a parallel to that. We had this week the Robin Ventura versus Nolan Ryan classic that happened this week. And what that is, so people don't know, Nolan Ryan, who was at 46 at this time, had hit with a pitch, and it looked, to me, purely accidental. It did not look any intent. He hit him on his, his arm, like around his elbow near his arm, on a pitch where, you know, your elbows are hanging over the the, the plate a bit. You know, you're saying you crowd the plate a bit, your elbows are over it, The ball wasn't even a fastball. It seemed like it was a curveball that just kind of went went high and he got him. The biggest mistake of – I would have to probably say almost any major league baseball player, unless, you know, you're talking about a lieu of players taking steroids or drugs or craziness like that, I would put it one half a step below that was Robin Ventura, as far as the biggest mistake that you can do in the history of baseball was going out and charging them out against not other than Nolan Ryan. Yeah, I would have to say that was a bad mistake on Robin Ventura's part. I would love to have Robin Ventura come on this show and discuss why he made that decision to go out there. It's almost like he thought about it because he didn't charge it right away. It's like he thought about it for like a second or two. It was like a delayed reaction. Dropped Dropped the helmet and ran out there and you know, they, they people have said this before, and it been said again, if you, <laughs> purpose without a plan, <laughs> and that's what he did. He had no plan. He just ran out there to charge them out, you know, and he had no plan in place. And what Nolan Ryan did made history. He took a step or two towards Robin right before he got close to him, put him in a headlock, and hit him like six times in his grill with, with his head down. Just bow, 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 and just totally annihilated and embarrassed Robin Ventura on national inmate history. That is the biggest mistake, career mistake, career suicide that Robin Ventura has had. A guy who's had actually a very good career outside of that went down in history getting snubbed out by getting punched out. And that's a rookie versus a vet. He got schooled. And I think that's what's going to happen Daryl Spence. He's going to get schooled. And that was <laughs> the biggest mistake of Rob Material's plan. You know, they say, you know, without the plan, you're planning to fail. And that's exactly what happened. And uh, we got a lot of Great things coming on in the Allen and Aaron's Sports Talk Radio Show. I should be joining a boxing press conference. The topic is scheduled for Monday. You know, I should be included in that press conference give you some insight in the, the fights that's coming up. Also, uh, we have latest month. Wow, it's coming up quick. I have a celebrity golf event that I'm going to be doing with Deborah Brooks. In Pensacola, in fact I got to make sure I get my uh, my stuff together as it's coming up this day. yeah I booked it months in advance and now all of a sudden it's right around the corner so definitely I'm gonna do that and then we're gonna wait and see what happens with uh, the Reggie Bush I have had him coming up this 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 uh, I want to hear his input Reggie Bush on you know the Heisman Trophy Award that controversy. I would love to have him on the show to see what he has to say about that. So we have those things coming on. and then hopefully we'll have Aaron back back with us soon. So definitely hope that he's doing well. and you know uh, this week was uh, a little crazy because I was back to school. so those uh, well, I shouldn't say back to school, we had back to school orientation today for people in Florida. and then next and then Tuesday is back to school. So it should be interesting to see with the kids coming back, what other opportunities come up with sports. i definitely going to keep you posted on that too. And definitely please follow us on iHeartRadio. If you haven't done so already, please like us on Facebook. Again, the phone number you can always store if you ever want to talk to us on the go and you ever want to give us a call or join the show We talk about topics, we want to hear your input? The number again is 516 5572. Again, that's 516 5572. That's our caller number for free. You're always welcome here on the Allen and Aaron Sportsbook Radio Show. We even had somebody that was uh, kind of inebriated and drunk give us a call. So, hey. Your call is always welcome here at the Allen & Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. So that's going to be it for tonight. Please uh, follow us and like us, and we really appreciate you guys. I'll keep you up to date on any news happening this week. Uh, the Allen & Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. We want to say thank you again for listening. Thank you for all your support. You guys are awesome. Keep us in tune with everything. And until we meet again, I'll keep you updated. Thank you so much for listening to the Alan and Aaron Sports Radio Show. Thank you for listening to the Alan and Aaron Sports Podcast. Mm-hmm. Subscribe and check us out on your favorite social media platform. Thank you.